Uh, do we want to do that again or what? I think we nailed it. I think it. we got it. I, f- okay. I finished it. We're money. Cool. Jamie, you can just say whatever else you want if you need to. Um, and if you want to sponsor the podcast, just Venmo me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant like when you edit it, but yes, I'll throw that. Your money. Nom, 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 nom. Welcome to Hero Hoopla. Hoopla! The unofficial podcast of saving the world from secret invaders. A million of them! There's so many! A million. All of them. Almost every single one. We're back again this week to review Secret Invasion, episode two. The new Marvel TV series coming out on Disney Plus weekly. And here at the Hoopla Podcast, we'll be talking about each and every episode as they come out. First week was fantastic, a great start to the season. Episode two just dropped, and also a great episode. We'll talk all about it. New revelations, new secrets, new mysteries, all that good stuff. As always here on the Hoopla Podcast, I'm joined by the lore master, by the comic book expert, Andy Smith. Lore master and comic book expert. I love to hear it, Jamie. Just high praise, high praise. But how do you know it's actually me? I could be a scroll. (laughs) Are you? Let's chop off your finger. Andy Smith here, connoisseur of many nerdy things. Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Marvel, of course. Uh, I usually end with the property we're on, but I got to talk about DC here. I'm just kidding. I'm not going (laughs) to talk about DC. Um, I'm excited to talk about episode two uh, of this season uh, of Secret Invasion. It's starting to hit its stride for me already in episode two. Oh, yeah. We're in it. We're in it deep. And here to join us in this adventure is the Marvel master, Mr. Marvelous himself, Chris Pio. I'm I'm not doing the pod. I told you. I told oh, you. Oh, Special agents, Marie Hill is dead. He's holding up. Yeah. His I was wondering. End of the deal. I was wondering if you'd keep your end of the bargain. I'm not doing the pod. All right. I just, I just came on. I came on to do the ad read, and I'm done. <laughs> that was great. Well, uh, catch us next time for episode three, <laughs> season one of Secret Invasion. <laughs> Chris Pio here, begrudgingly. Um, I have things to say. All in all, though, I am excited to talk about the episode. I, I think the show as a whole is really good so far. It's just I, that one decision is going to haunt it all the way through. So we'll see what they do. But let's talk about episode two. As I think it is. it's the right decision. I think it's going to take us in a great direction for the show. What tells think, us that that decision is done? I yeah. think you can move on now. We can move on and we will move on. I actually because... have a theory about that, Chris, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Before we can get into the theories, which you know we will, Hoopla Podcast, synonymous with accurate theories. Um, before we do that, we got to introduce, of course, the fourth host of the show, as always, Jake Laxer, usually with us. Today, though, he's doing his perfect Maria Hill impersonation, and he's oh, dead for now, oh. but he'll be back next week. So tune in <laughs> next week next because episode. she's not dead. Maria Hill is alive. <laughs> Maybe. But Jake's not here this week. He'll be back at some point. Chris, if all these lovely listeners out there want to stay up to date with the Hoopla podcast, find out all about what we're doing, we got all these fun things we're reviewing, where can they find us? You can locate us at Hoopla Podcasts, both on Twitter and Instagram. Follow along, engage with us, like, comment, subscribe, do all those great things. We'd love to hear from you, as well as find us on TikTok now for little snippets, clips, maybe some behind the scenes of what goes on in the Hoopla-verse. Find us at Hoopla Podcasts Crops Platform. Beautiful. And if anyone is interested in supporting the show, of course, you can leave us a rating review on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast ratings, reviews. Very helpful to spread the word of the hoopla. And Andy, how else could they support the show? Head on over to our merch site at hooplapodcastnetwork.square.site. We just uh, added a few new items. The official t-shirt, podcast, sweatshirt, and premium hoodie uh, just uploaded to the site. So go check that out. And if you want to support, uh, give it a look. We appreciate all the support and all the likes, reviews, five stars, three stars, four stars, anything in between. All right, now, without any further ado, let's dive into this episode right after this quick break. Did it turn out good on the last, last pod? Did it turn out good? I'm a scroll, I'm Johnny Cash. Bop. Hold a squeeze. You just heard that song. Shouldn't you sing that one? Oh, that's true. I don't have that at the top of my head. I can't pull that one out. 
Turns out Andy can't sing. And we're back. But we Shazam! are back. Uh, episode two. My goodness. It was a good one. Yeah. A lot to talk about. I think with so many different things going on in this episode, the best place to start is just going to be right at the very beginning. The little prelude to this episode. We get a whole flashback, which pretty much just summarized the entirety of Captain Marvel for anybody who didn't feel like going to see that movie five years ago, whenever it came out. Yeah. Now you don't need to see it. Because you can just watch a two-minute clip at the beginning of this episode and find out all the important stuff. And then we get a little scene with Nick Fury back in 1997 with some Skrull refugees. And we see the initial deal being made between Nick Fury and the Skrulls that he's going to find them a new world. In the meantime, they need to help him protect this one. Narrator. They did not find them a new world. <laughs> yeah, that is were... um, that was a, an important scene. We heard about this promise in the first episode. And, and you know, if you're following a whole Marvel universe, you kind of know that's where the Skrulls end goal is, is to find a new home. It was really cool to see Nick Fury. I think as far as the effects go, I think the de-aging looked well. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought everyone in that scene was, was really great. Um, it was... A little on the nose. I feel like maybe we didn't need that scene actually telling us the promise, you know, the I'll keep your word, you keep mine, things like that. Uh, But it was a good scene all in all. And and it it helps everyone kind of catch up here in the second episode because things are very confusing uh, if you're just jumping into this. I thought they would have, you know, dragged that over more of the episodes, not just show us this promise in episode two. And even more so, I, I really thought they they may show that through graphics eyes, and they they do actually do that with him as a, a child meeting Nick Fury. Um, but it does uh, what I do think that scene effectively does is provides a great Ben Mendelsohn speech. By the Absolutely. way, absolutely, well, that was wonderful. And then giving a little bit of kind of a sympathetic turn to our main villain in the series. Um, that immediately then turns when they go into the future, but it's a, a, a lost child um, to begin with. And Nick Fury's made a promise. Right. Yeah. So you it sets almost, that relationship, relationship up pretty well. Almost call it an origin story. Almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see where the initiation of his um, dissatisfaction with the human race began as mm. he thought he would have a home, doesn't have a home, and he's got to save his people, you know? So it's interesting that he, coming in as a kid, graphic that is, he mm-hmm. was a child when the scrolls first got to Earth. So it's interesting how he became this leader now. And we see later in the episode, he becomes like the official leader of mm. the scrolls on Earth. So I'm wondering if we're going to get scroll any- Scroll general. Yeah, the scroll general. I wonder if we're going to get anything more about Gravik's past- in between that first time he met Nick Fury and the beginning of this season, because it seems like he must have done something very impressive to now just be Skrull General. Right. Um, when there are already so many uh, already adult Skrulls who live for very long times, um, seemingly more would be more appropriate to lead the Skrulls. But I don't know. Does he start to take power when the Skrulls went to retake another world? Like there could be a lot of interesting backstory that you could do in these early opening yeah. opening clips. But, you know, even if they didn't go back any more in time, which I think they probably will, because there's still a lot of gap in between what we know of the scrolls in the 90s and what really transpired to get for there to be a million different scrolls yeah. infiltrating all different parts of society. So there there could be some really fun material that, that the writing team can, you know, play on there. Especially based on this deal that they made with Nick Fury, like we don't really see anything from the Skrull side of them holding up their mm-hmm. end of the deal. He asks them to help protect Earth and they turn into human form as a sign of acknowledgement of this agreement. And then we don't really see anything that happens of from 1997 until 2025 or whenever the show takes place of the Skrulls holding up their end of the bargain. Now, see, you say that. I actually think that's inaccurate. And granted, technically, when you say we don't see it, true, we don't see it. But I think their end of the bargain is part of the reason that S.H.I.E.L.D., the government agency that's supposed to be the protector of Earth and everything alien and all that, is actually many, many, many scrolls inside of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. who are helping Mm -hmm. 
to detect these extraterrestrial threats. Now, who knows if there was also a Hydra situation, maybe the scrolls started to get shield, made it the most prominent protector of Earth government organization in the world. Maybe there was some dissent that started to grow. You know, we have this thing that we talked about in episode one of the pod, who is a scroll? We we found out that uh, Agent Coulson, or not Agent Coulson, rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> uh, Maria Hill. Last, uh, no, not Maria Hill. We'll uh, talk Ross. about that later. Agent, Agent Ross. Ross, yes. Agent Ross was a scroll, and we found that out. And, and I don't think they're going to, you know, go back on that. Just like Jamie said, we don't want to lie to the audience. I think that rings true there. Who else is a scroll? Mm-hmm. Are there Avengers that are actually scrolls? Probably not. Oh, not we yet. don't want to go that far oh, back. Don't, oh, are you starting it? Are you starting it <laughs> I, already? I, we need more episodes before we can take that, um, or at least get further in this episode. I'm at 95% on someone that's a, that's a scroll. Um, yeah, we'll talk 90. about it. We got theories at the end. Uh, but Jamie, okay. when you say that we haven't seen the results of their holding up the air end of the bargain, I don't think that's true. I think they are deep in, in government agencies. We see that clearly at the council meeting. They've risen to power at very prominent positions. Uh, world leaders, uh, the secretary yeah. chief of NATO. I mean, they don't Shooter get McGavin? there. McGavin? It doesn't get higher Shooter than Shooter McGavin. McGavin. Yeah. Christopher McDonald, yeah. Shooter McGavin is one of the leaders of uh, of the free world. Or No, I think he was. he's mostly just on the, the TV show or whatever. The news yeah, he's, a, he's Tucker Carlson. He's kind of a Tucker Carlson type, yeah. Uh, I, I, all this to say, we've got so much to talk about in this episode, and I, I really did enjoy it. But I think when you say we don't see the end of, of their bargain being held up, we don't see it. But I think you can infer over the course of the MCU since the 90s. And don't forget, we still have the Marvels coming up uh, uh, next yep. year, right? Not this year. No. In Is a it few later this year? year? It's yeah, coming it up soon. And I feel like we're going to have to get more and more backstory, both on the scrolls. Uh, maybe Gravik mm-hmm. makes it out of this particular series. Maybe Ooh. he doesn't. I don't know. That's more to talk about down the line. But I think you're inaccurate when you say that we haven't seen the scrolls hold up their end of the bargain because I think they have. I think that's a great theory. I think, yeah, Shield does seemingly have this unlimited budget and incredible technology. I mean, if we if we talk about Shield, right? There's there's always been the 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 council in the background, and you know. Ever mm-hmm. since Avengers one, now we've we now know that a lot of those council members were Hydra, and they they played a lot of those stories out in Agents of Shield and, and in other ways uh, later in Avengers two. Um, but that doesn't mean that characters we knew in Avengers one aren't scrolls because they right. could have been in that timeline. So I mean, is it going to be close enough where it's a character we've we knew Agent Ross? We saw Agent Ross a few times, but he wasn't the main protagonist, you know, or one of the major characters right. in the MCU. I just wonder, are they going to go that way to to change someone that we've been, you know, have a relationship with as an audience? Yeah. That would be a really bold move from the writers. Andy, let's hear... We'll Let's see. hear it. Who is it? You said you were 95% sure that someone's a scroll. I mean, it's not like I'm the first one to say this. I I just watched the episode, so I haven't seen anything on Twitter. But uh, C- Colonel Rhodes. Rhodey. Rhodey has to be a scroll. It's possible. I, I just... it, And I don't know if he's always been a scroll or he's more recently been a scroll that ending scene with him and nick it just doesn't seem like him to me but then also he's a changed man it's been years yeah. since we've really seen him on screen he's now a political leader but let's talk like talking about a placement of a scroll taking over that identity and being a political advisor to the president of the united states who they're gonna be at war with yep. it just seems to line up pretty well I think it's not, is he a scroll? I think it's more when he became a scroll. Do you consider the uh, recasting after Iron Man 1 a potential scroll? He would be the worst scroll Uh, (laughs) ever if he can't even shapeshift into what the actual dude looked like. Yeah, uh, there's speculation there. There's speculation, you know, after Civil War when he he was paralyzed and had to go through all that rehab. There was time there. We didn't really get uh, as a viewer. We didn't really get that time. Who knows? We just don't know. And and I've said that before on the pod. We'll say it again as three, four, five, and six come out. 
we're going to say that all through the six episodes, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's fun. It's a fun thing to speculate. Maybe he's been a Skrull since 1997, and he met Tony Stark as a Skrull. Their entire relationship is still a legitimate relationship. It's just yeah. at that point he was already a leader within the United States Air Force and right. was one was one of the main factors in starting this, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Could be. So. We'll find out at some point in the next 4 weeks. I can I almost guarantee can. it. Now I'm going to be surprised if he's not a scroll. No. <laughs> he was I, Maria I Hill my, this whole time. My expect the expectations game. We can, you know, let's just the, let's uh, just watch it play out. So the jury's out on who's a scroll. If Rhodey's a scroll, the jury's still out. We won't know. What I do know is that Samuel L. Jackson Oof. and Don Sheedle acted their asses off in that scene. It really throughout yeah, the entire yeah. episode, the acting was was spectacular across the board. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the train scene and the restaurant scene, spectacular. Absolutely. Quiet moments between yes. two characters. These writers have it on point the dialogue is incredible i stole this not stole i I got this from online i saw a tweet that was their first on-screen interaction in the mcu really Uh, that's i was on the internet i don't know if you can trust it we'll have to go back and fact check but someone someone tweeted that out and it paid off i mean they talked about everything they talked about race they talked about how hard they've worked over the duration of the mcu and even before that we know how hard nick fury was working what a great great scene lots of emotion i mean sam l has to go out back and cry afterwards obviously that's in the script but that's a very powerful emotion that you can feel from that character's point of view he's just lost some of his best people uh he had to oh the the funeral scene as well or the um the transfer yeah, of the, the, body fu- the funeral scene yeah funeral also... scene they were definitely they didn't interact though you didn't really see them interact on screen. right yeah uh but that diner scene was 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 very cool um you're right though andrew it, it was that really his character was was that colonel rhodes as we know him but he is a changed man as well i i, I can't gush enough about how cool that scene was and even before that when and i know we're way into the episode now but just talking about some of the scenes with with colonel rhodes when he's in front of the different leaders of the different nations oh yeah and and his don Cheadle's comedic timing is hilarious (laughs) like he's like he's honestly though another reason why i don't know if it's actually him and he's he's kind of like he's speaking very loudly things that would get him in a lot of trouble like (laughs) If, if Slovakia doesn't uh, Just keeps rolling their eyes at, at me. rolling my eyes, <laughs> then I'm gonna get in the my suit and carpet bomb them. <laughs> like as he's talking to the world leaders, like that's a I don't know, Rose. That's not not necessarily the best move on your part, but maybe that's him. Maybe it's not. Yeah, and maybe he knows that he's talking to a room full of scrolls anyway, so doesn't even True. matter. Maybe what he's he talking to a he's talking to at least. One scroll, yeah. the UK Prime Minister. Class, yep. Classic case of dramatic irony there. We, we did know from the previous scene, which we still need to talk about. Yeah, the council scene. We meet some very important people who are, have been scrolls for some amount of time. The Prime Minister of the UK, various other world leaders that... Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and Shooter yeah, McGavin. Yeah, Secretary course. General. The, the, Shooter McGavin. What I loved about that scene, though, was right beforehand, you, they show each of these world leaders, and you're like, okay, they're mm-hmm. showing how the world is now, you know, at odds and things are starting to move, like in World War One, like dominoes are falling. And then immediately the next scene, you walk in. And there's all of the leaders of the world around right. this table, which just immediately takes the level of this show, which could have been a very, you know, specific spy thriller, like kind of Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and brings it up to, would I say, Avengers level type. It's a global for threat Earth. for sure. It's it's truly right. a global threat. Um, and that's why I think this is one of the more interesting things to do on a TV show that they're not putting on the big screen. Yeah, it's very right. interesting. And one thing from that uh, council scene, not so much into the content of their conversation, but from a visual standpoint in the costume department. Yes. Many of the scroll characters were wearing green or had some sort of green mm. something on. So ah, when we get to that conversation where uh, Rhodes is in front of the UN or whatever 
group of people that is. The Prime Minister of the UK, who we know is a Skrull, she has this large green beaded necklace on, and we see... Way to give a tell. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you really need to do that? They really ah, kind of threw out, cool. like, the, the room where they had this council meeting was all green painted walls or green wallpaper. One other character that we see in this episode wearing green is Falston. Uh, oh, during Olivia the torture Coleman's scene, character. Olivia Coleman's character, when she comes in mm-hmm. to torture the guy, she has a bright green, green shirt on. Oh, is she okay. also okay. a scroll? Well, she knows how to find out if someone's a scroll when she took the pliers and clipped off Snip, his snip. finger, and then and that that finger turns into a little green finger. Yeah, and she says, "Well, now that that's confirmed, <laughs> let the torture commence." <laughs> I am curious, as a bit of an aside, if if that scroll were to take another form, would that finger still be gone? Oh. We may never know. Let's ask him. Well, you can't ask him, because unfortunately, uh, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It didn't go well for him. This is a little, uh, little more intense of a show, and, and a little more intense of a villain in Gravik that I thought. That, that was a pretty dark scene. Not, I mean, we got some kind of John Wick action in, in the meat locker scene, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. It was, the gunplay was great. Uh, very cool to see, you know, choreography and, and things of that nature in a, a, a show like this, as we mentioned. But uh, lots of death, and then, of course, an it, execution blood. of a friendly. And blood, you're right. Yeah, we don't often see blood. Uh, immediately the first kill was you he's a man shot back and yep. uh, falls down. That's not something we've seen on Disney Plus before. I don't think so. I think you're right. They had to put a special warning on the Ooh. front of that one. I wonder if it was purple blood so it was acceptable. <laughs> yeah, maybe scroll blood is fine. You know what? You know what the only the only time I think any Marvel and tell me if I'm wrong here, but I think if I recollect the only time that we've really seen blood is in one of the other Falcon and Winter Soldier shows where we have the bad uh the bad Captain America shield blasting his shield. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. But they're they're leading that up, but they also didn't really show it directly. This was a multiple kills on screen, yeah. and you love that the Mar- Marvel is like expanding out to different genres, including John thriller. Wick, whatever genre that is. John, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did also see all that for a drop of blood when Iron Man fought Titan in Infinity War, <laughs> but I, I digress. <laughs> that's true. That's but true. We did see Thanos blood. Um, yeah, it's getting dark and we're getting early in the season, only two episodes in, we're already seeing Amelia Clark's character, Gaia, mm. already start mm-hmm. to see some aspects of Gravik that she's not so into. You know, she's starting to doubt whether he's the right person to follow. She's starting to doubt what they're working towards as, for one thing, he kills a friendly, just a brutal assassination. He kind of keeps her out of the important discussions, puts her on the sideline for most of the episode. Mm -hmm. And then a very important scene, when they do get back to the Skrull home base, we meet up with a couple scientists. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dalton, I believe. To Dr. Dalton. Dalton, R- Rosa Dalton, I guess. is That's what, Ga- so Guy is looking up on the computer uh, and, and, or ARPANET or whatever 1990s or 80s concoction they have. Uh, yeah, it, we get the little information, we get the Groot reference, which the is Groot great. reference. So it looks like they are trying Frost to uh, enhance some scrolls, trying to make some super scrolls out here, trying to. Taking DNA and combining it in right. different midichlorians and maybe making a mandalorian <laughs> character i don't yeah, know i'm not gonna be. spoil the ending of that one grogu is green so <laughs> that is true crossover event maybe but we do hear that gravik um is not concerned about the avengers coming to stop him because he's got yep. something up his sleeve the scroll avengers yeah that's a good name. Well, the Scroll Ventures. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil anything for the audience here. But when you hear, first of all, when you saw the machine turn on, I thought it was like an arc reactor that uh, Iron Man or something from Iron Man one or two. It, it had the the same visual. I, yeah. Probably yeah. now it's not related, but you know we learn what is this the harvest they were harvesting dna presumably did they harvest dna from a like groot or did they harvest dna from 
a specimen-like Groot. Because that could also, like, they're putting all these strings in the past about when did the scrolls interact with other, you know, yeah. creatures. Well, I presumably, I think they could have gotten all this DNA from Earth. Groot was on Earth mm-hmm. in Infinity War, Endgame. Yep. Yeah. Call Obsidian. Uh, also, um, the, the uh, they must beast. have the hand that Wong slices off. That's yeah, why yeah, they must yeah. have the hand. Yeah. And um, the Thor Dark World. I'd never saw it, uh, but I assume ice... that the ice beast was on Earth at some point. I think it was like, oh, yeah, it's like the end credit scene where it's like left on Earth in Thor or something like that. Are there any others other than the Frost Beast and the, since I just watched it here, and Groot, any other like clues on what she, what they've been harvesting? There was one other thing on that list. It was the Extremis project from Iron Man 3, That's also right. trying to create uh, okay. superhero okay. people. Um, so they're doing some sort of DNA collection, scientific experiments to try to infuse the scrolls with something to fight the Avengers. Super scrolls. Yeah. Super scrolls coming in. And I like how they kind of tease that throughout the episode. And then at the end of the episode, after this awesome battle, well, actually right before, I guess, when Olivia Coleman's character is interrogating, he says super scrolls and like all at once. I was like, I love that. We're going to have super <laughs> scrolls, a million super scrolls. A million. And then you got to break. Then you got to bring in the the Avengers. Eventually, Nick Fury or has to call they, them in. can they stop it? I don't know. Now, refresh my memory. The scrolls are somewhat strong and, and quick and agile on their own, right? Just being an alien? Mm, correct. Okay. Yep. Uh, then my question doesn't matter because we did see a scroll pick up a human and put them on a meat <laughs> hook in the butcher shop, which yeah. was also a little dark. Uh, but yeah, we, when we talk about you know DNA, are they trying to enhance themselves are they trying to create a super weapon we don't really know yet what is that arc reactor type machine um and can they really do any of this with like the old 1980s technology it looks like they're trying uh but who can say well i'm excited to learn more about the two scientists like what what is their background like coleman's character is definitely going to go after them and presumably uh team up with with nick fury maybe she's a scroll maybe she's not maybe she is even the scroll at nick fury's home whoa nick fury's I just, wife i, just, I threw out is olivia coleman's Falston character that. that was i was just kidding and i don't think about the that. craziest theory of all time <laughs> no no i was just kidding i was kidding but not that i want to jump into that but i was shocked that we saw nick's nick fury's wife well first a scroll then he walks in and then it's Nick Fury's wife. Yeah, that was an interesting way to end the episode. I totally agree. Um, now, if you think about it, was that the same person that we met in that 1997 scene that brings Gravik to Nick Fury in the first place? It did mm, look like her. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Maybe even the Looking the at voice. it right now. It's... I mean, it's hard to tell, but yeah. Plus, there would have been some aging modification. Let's go ahead and let's just confirm. This is going to be a hoopla confirmation. The scroll that brings Gravik to Fury in the first and the beginning of this episode is indeed Nick Fury's wife in the future. Okay. Confirmed. We're getting 100% confirmed there from Jamie. I love that. I I love that. I mean, that once again, that can even play into, you know, there's multiple, you know, different levels of these scrolls at this point. Like there's, there's essentially a civil war happening. If there's a million scrolls, humans can't coexist and maybe scrolls can't either. So it's going to be interesting how that expands over time. I really thought that that character was going to be the one scroll from the council that left. Yeah. Who is clearly a really strong character and and someone that I would assume would be reoccurring and is going to be on Talos's side as they fight off the super scrolls. I'm glad you mentioned the coexist factor of it all because we have to go back to maybe the best scene of the episode, at least in my opinion, is the train scene between yeah, Talos yeah. and Oh yeah, sorry uh, for derailing your train conversation earlier. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Nailed it! As, lo- as long as you make the return journey with a pun of that status, then, uh, then you can derail all you like. But yes, I think it is important to talk about, because um, as great as that diner scene was... Uh, between Don Sheedle and, and Samuel L. I think mm-hmm. even more so, their, the acting was top-notch. The, the scene itself for the show was great. 
we knew from Captain Marvel that Nick Fury, you know, was raised in, in Alabama. Segregation is still a very big problem way back then. And, and we get even more details about his personal life. Uh, the conversation about Susie and, and the standing game of Doctor was just really oh, charming. Susie. Yeah, um, yeah, him taking the train rides with his mom. I mean, just just dripping with with character and and really fun to see. And then how he turns that into mm-hmm. kind of an interrogation. I mean, he's so smart. Nick Fury is in this way. We see that in the past. You know, he he has great speeches. What I thought of immediately when he was working over Talos and trying to get him, you know, to answer more mm-hmm. with the uh, tell me something I don't know. I yeah. thought immediately back to Avengers 1, where the trading cards from Agent Coulson, remember how he kind of tricks the Avengers into teaming up as a team to fight for something, to fight for Agent Coulson, uh, because he never got the trading cards signed before he died. But Fury kind of uses those as a, a way to say, okay, Avengers, time to snap into formation. So he's good at that storytelling as a way to get information. And that's that's why he's a surveillance agent, why he got mm-hmm. as far as he did. So to see that very natural progression from him telling stories from home, relating to a train, and then finding a way to get even more information. Well, did he get more information? It kind of ended poorly. Yeah, I was surprised that Nick Fury was surprised that there were a million scrolls on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was he actually but that surprised? Was genu- that was, that was, I mean, the the emotion that Samuel L. Jackson like portrayed at that very ending. He was, I mean, he w- he seemed to me to yeah. be very dumbfounded and couldn't believe that Talos would have allowed this to happen. Humans have but- been at war since we were upright. Oh, it's just great stuff. And then it shows, like it, it really hard, uh, points in on the same theme that you heard in the in the bar scene between Maria and 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 Nick Fury. After the blip, you changed and you left us, and we couldn't survive without you. So we did what we could, and this is what you've done because of it. And I think that's that's going to be the the theme of season one all the way through. Uh, but that was an incredible ending uh, to, yeah, a really fun scene. Once again, when it's when it's Nick Fury and just one other character in a quiet moment. It's so this, good. This Every series time. shines. And it's yeah. setting up so much of, of Nick Fury's like uh, intelligence and sneakiness and insightfulness. And this conversation lays out directly how his mom was able to uh she was able to understand everything she needed to know about Susie because fury lied to her and right the same exact thing is happening with every conversation he has throughout this whole show especially with the squirrels he knows when people are lying to him and he's able to get all the information he needs because he knows that they're lying and ah, you said that last episode don't let us forget it that's an important line yeah, through I, and through i think it is very important and i still do think that nick fury always knows when someone's a scroll mm. and i think mm-hmm. this was we have a little bit more evidence for this due to the fact that he's married to a scroll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sure. sense. Yeah, I'll give you that. That calls into question: Does he quote unquote know that Rhodey is a scroll? Would would he behave differently at that moment? I, I thought, you know, there's no way that Sam that Nick Fury. I was about to say Samuel L. Jackson. I use the <laughs> actors' names too much. At yes. no way in that moment did Nick Fury not know that this is not the Rhodey that. I've, you know, propped up and put in this no position that, that he did not clean that up for me. There's a lot of double a negatives. quadruple negative. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Nick Fury definitely knows that he is a scroll. Oh, OK. hundred yes. percent because he can he can read people. He could know that he's a scroll and still know that he's the same Rhodey if Rhodey has been a scroll this whole time. Right. That's the question, because if he if Rhodey was a scroll the whole time, then Nick Fury would have probably known at the time at the very beginning, because, you know, he that was actually a question that I had. Rhodey didn't know about the scrolls up until one point, say, 15 years ago, whatever that means. 10 years ago, I think was maybe the date. Well, that's like 2015. We've already met Rhodey. He's right. already War Machine. So how many people actually know about the scrolls? Because I don't think it's very widely known beyond Nick Fury and a few others. 
Yeah. Maybe in top leadership. Even someone like uh, the the leader, the oh, the old leader of Shield when it goes down in, in Winter Soldier. Oh, Alexander Pierce. Ale- Alexander Pierce. Would someone like Alexander Pierce know about the scrolls? Because I'm not sure that while even running he Hydra. Would know. <laughs> While running Hydra, I mean, it's it's a interesting question. Yeah. Like, does the president of the United States know? Is the president a scroll? We will never know. He could be. He We're seems gonna... like he's in the opposition because it's the world versus the United States, which was yeah. an interesting change. But but we also have to remember that it's also scrolls against other scrolls. Not every scroll is on the side of Gravik. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Gravik could be starting a war against the United States, even if the president of the United States is a scroll. Which we have no sure. evidence for that, and we can speculate it's about, all about every you know, character they're, they're, in the entire world. They're just world trying to cause chaos, and it's working. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's working setup, to cause too. chaos in my brain because we we just we just don't know. We just we'll don't speculate know. and speculate. When we talk about the meta game of the MCU as well, we talk about Phase Four, talk about Phase Five. Now that we're in Phase Five, we know what's coming. I always try to avoid, you know actors signing on for three movies and, yeah. and things like that it, yeah. it it hurts my enjoyment when i find out oh okay so they're safe for this movie or they're safe for this tv show we, we knew maria hill wasn't safe i'll tell you that but it, it's something where she was credited in you this episode your team so star. quickly last week well, I, you were 100%. i have to go with it what am i gonna do i have to i have to continue on you're gonna be bamboozled uh, next gotta, week when she comes back. She is still again. I'm metagaming here, but she's still she's credited for episode six five. episodes. You're gonna be bamboozled uh, on when IMDb, I give my theory so. at the end of this episode. Oh, They're I gonna show to her it. lifeless body each episode. <laughs> Every and that's episode, what's a special just to fool the audience. <laughs> for so the spe- Co- Kobe Smolders can get her are. check. <laughs> yeah. um, a flashback that Fury has of them playing yeah, chess. The- I'll say this to, to to finalize my point about, you know, the meta MCU, what we know as viewers outside of just watching the show. We we know that Armor Wars is is slated. So Rhodey, whether he is a scroll or not, is is going to be the main protagonist of that show. We don't know what it's about. There hasn't been a lot of information, but we, we know that he has to be involved. Uh, and then again, we talk about you know the Marvels going forward. The scrolls, I'm sure, have to be involved there. So who's going to make it? Who's not? We can speculate all we want and inside the show, and then we can take that even further. Talk about what's the future of Phase Five in the MCU. But uh, for right now, we're talk about Episode Two. I think we got to start wrapping it up, and I want to hear your theories. We have one final thing to discuss. I think more broadly, oh. but we do find Nick Fury at the end of this episode. In the classic hero's journey, story, circle, trope, he's at his lowest point he's ever been. Mm. His best friend and comrade Maria Hill is officially dead, 100% confirmed, maybe. Stop. <laughs> uh, Maria's Hill, Maria Hill's mom is pissed at him. Love that. She was awesome. What yeah, a badass. Who, who was that? Great scene. He gets fired from S.H.I.E.L.D., so he has lost everything and now has to fight against one of the toughest opponents he will ever have to fight against. And he doesn't even have his weapon. He doesn't have the Avengers. He doesn't have anybody. He has to do this all by himself. I guess I don't know what question I want to ask you guys, but (laughs) what the heck's going to happen? He's at such a low point. How, where, what are his next steps? You just gave us a great next time on Secret Invasion. The man at his low point. (laughs) Will he be able to take on this invasion of this alien species? Does he team up with someone he wasn't ready to? Yes, he will. It will be Nick Fury is going to put a team together because that is what he is best at, including the scroll that was at the very opening scene because that's his wife. By the way, he he doesn't wear his ring, so no one knows that they're married, but True. they're right. married. Uh, he's going to get Maria Hill's mother. Just kidding. I don't know if that's actually <laughs> the case. He's going to end up getting Maria Hill in episode five. That's one theory. <laughs> Confirmed. I, Confirmed. I just, I just went off the, the rails there. Okay, yeah. His, his wife, Talos... Uh, and Gaia. the other leader, Gaia, and then the other leader of the scrolls that that uh, left the council, and they're gonna fight. How they fight a million scrolls sounds like they need to get another band of scrolls. Yeah, actually, you know, we- I truly don't know how this this series is gonna end. 
without it being a just massive change to Earth. That's why I, at the yeah. beginning of the episode, I said, this seems like an Avenger level initiative. Yeah, it really what does. What do you do? Especially after Super Scrolls show up. Like, I don't know, because Fury says in his conversation with Rhodey, he says, we can't call the Avengers because then what happens when the Scrolls mimic them? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if the Scrolls get superpowers on their own, there's no They're reason not to call the Avengers. They're already super strength. It's just even more so. Do they copy superpowers? If you copy, like, if you copied Bruce Banner, do you? Can you turn into the Hulk? I think in the comics they they can get the superpowers. It's just a. I thought it was just like a minor illusion type of cantrip spell. (laughs) No, I think I think you can, or not you, unless you're a scroll. I think they can copy someone entirely. Like they mimic their DNA basically and do cool superhero things. But yeah, quick shout I mean, out. I have no idea. Juliet Stevenson credited as Maria Hill's mum. Great little scene right there. Yeah. Well done. I, I just liked how she said, all of these guys are saying, oh, what was the line? Uh, she looks over at the, oh, yeah. the military. Your nation man. owes you a great debt. A great debt. Apparently that debt does not include facts. Great stuff. I, I, I got to take a, a moment before we get to the end here, just to say top to bottom, I've been really impressed with the acting on this show. It feels like a serious MCU situation because it is, but we've seen in the past that on these Marvel TV shows, the quality has just not always been there. They've told good stories and, and certainly they're worth watching, at least most of them. But this show in particular, even though we're two episodes in, has had phenomenal acting top to bottom. Yes, that's, you know, represented by an A-list cast for the majority of the major roles, but even down to, you know, just peons working for Gravik and uh, the people at the, the, the Security Council. I mean, it's just top to bottom. It feels real and it is real. Well, not real life real, but real for the MCU even in all this, you know, secrecy and, and changing faces, switching sides, things like that, the acting itself has been top notch. I mean, for me, as we're ending the episode here, I do think in two episodes outside of WandaVision and maybe Miss Marvel, which I really love, yeah. like enjoyed that series. I think this is definitely top three in the TV series openings. Now that could change. We've seen some great openings. We've seen some very bad endings aka falcon winter soldier Mm. but you know this has once again the opportunity to be grander and bigger and has samuel jackson as the lead star it does samuel jackson amelia clark olivia coleman Mm. ben mendelson Mendelson. don cheadle (laughs) the guy who plays graphic (laughs) just named graphic kingsley benadir come on oh kingsley um yeah it's it's incredible i will say they do the classic marvel thing at some points in this episode specifically the uh roadie and fury scene in the restaurant they do the classic directing style of just a close-up of fury's face then a close-up of roadie's face then a close-up of fury's face yeah and i Mm. assume that a lot of this is partially laziness and partially just that like marvel doesn't really write their full script until they're in the editing process yeah and then they piece it together to come up with the final version of what they wanted to do so like that scene the way it was shot could have been shot with samuel l jackson alone in a room and with don Cheadle alone in a room not actually acting opposite each other uh which is i never like when the director makes that decision to shoot the scene that way because it just kind of takes me out of it. You don't feel the relationship that the characters have if they're in a room alone. You're absolutely right. It was a lot of cut back and forth, serious faces, serious tone, until Fury got up to leave. Yes. Oh, and I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> totally out whips that guy and yeah. then gets real close to Rhodey. There's no way they could be in separate rooms for that one. And that I think that punctuated the scene even more because it was that, oh, that's two powerful Marvel characters talking back and forth about things that are beyond our control. And then he gets up in his face and it's it's over. I'm Nick Fury. Yeah. Even when I'm out. I'm, I'm in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point, though. And, and we see... Uh, the the council meeting we, see, we from Gaia's point of view we see you know through that doorway which is a cool shot you know that represents she's on the outside wondering if she wants to be a part of this world so there are scenes like that but you're right it was a little bit of Marvel fatigue yeah it happens but great show all around but all right as we're getting to the end of the episode let's go around 
Let's give some classic hoopla theories. I know you guys have some good ones for this episode. And along with your theory, let's give it a rating on a scale of 1 to 10 scrawls. <laughs> what do you got for us, Chris? Uh, I will give this one a 7 out of 10. Uh, we're still getting started, but I, I really think it's a top-notch show, and I'm excited for the future of it. I, I think they're laying the correct ground pieces without confusing us too much. Uh, and so far, your assumption that they should not lie to the audience, Jamie, uh, is correct. I don't think they've lied to the audience yet. Now, down the line, if they do too many of these scroll reveals and, and maybe ruin some of our favorite characters, uh, especially where we're, we're on roadie watch for, or should we, should we start a hashtag scroll watch? Scroll watch for, <laughs> scroll for, watch. for, cats, for oh, Colonel Rhodes? 100%. Scroll watch. Scroll watch. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see down the line. But as it stands right now, it is not too convoluted for anyone to just casually jump into as a Marvel fan, and I'm enjoying the acting more, more than anything. Uh, story has, you know, some bits and pieces that we need to pick up over the next four episodes, but uh, a third of the way in, I'm really enjoying it. I'll give this one a 7 out of 10. Beautiful. You have a crazy theory for us? Ooh, crazy theories. Um... I'm gonna hold uh, one question. We have a few crazy theories. There could be. There's too many theories. Is part of the problem. So I'll withhold. I did have one question. Why do all the scrolls in the uh, in the you know nuclear power plants? Why do they hang out in their human forms? I guess Mm, they explained that in episode one. Chris, they said all the warriors stay in their human form because the more time you spend in your human form, the less easily detectable you are. Oh, I, I guess I missed that. You know what? That. And that that tracks when at the very opening scene where they're talking about how uh, Nick Fury is talking about how dangerous this path is for them. Yeah. I wonder if those were the warriors that became what is now Gravik's army. That's a good point. Yeah. Glad you brought that up. Yeah. And we also get classic in that opening scene, Ben Mendelsohn in Ben Mendelsohn form, as opposed to Talos the Skrull giving his uh talk i guess yes ben mendelson has a good agent to make sure that he's in human form significantly <laughs> more often than scroll form for this tv show but uh yeah hopefully that answers your question chris and now, it does yeah let's no crazy move on theories, to though. andy you got some crazy theories and a rating for this episode oh i i mean i think my crazy theory would be olivia coleman is character is a scroll it's a good one i don't know how crazy that is but i i feel like that would make sense and if she is i do think nick fury already knows that and maybe she even knows he knows that because nick fury is always three steps ahead every Every single time every interrogation he just he knows he plays it out in his mind what's going to happen uh, and reacts appropriately i i'm loving this the series so far i think this is one of the more interesting storylines that the mcu has picked up since the end of phase uh phase three really um i think in terms of uniqueness it's this show and wandavision in phase four that really hit the nail on the head from interest at least for me i love spy thrillers i love action sequence you know action movies as well and some of these just small moments with uh samuel jackson and ben mendelson and olivia coleman and, and others are just so effective for me um I'm excited to see what happens in three through, I think there's six episodes this season. Six episodes. 58 minutes, both of these (laughs) first two episodes. When was the last time we got a really good show that was an hour long? Game of Thrones. I'll give you that. Probably. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Andy, I'm, I'm glad you said it the way you said it, because one thing we have not heard in these first two episodes is the word multiverse, which... Oh, thank uh, God. I, yes, I'm exactly, a little fatigued exactly. on multiverse. This is a real grounded story with very real <laughs> earthly threats. A real threats. grounded story with aliens Compared, that can shapeshift and take over the whole comparatively, world. <laughs> comparatively, come on. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. That's what's <laughs> happened in phase four. Things have just gotten a little too much We need us, to go but- back to the uh, quantum realm <laughs> i just want a good earth-based story but not a boring one no. so great job yeah. so far this team. is fantastic eight eight point two out of oh, 10 oh my goodness not a lot of room for improvement there don't 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 rank my ratings i i give your rating a five out of ten <laughs> but uh, i give the episode a 7.2 out of 10 uh, okay. i thought it was very good very interesting but i do have a crazy theory for us that i Hit don't us. 
I don't personally believe this, but I do think it would be interesting. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, okay. And should we is, be on a watch for this one? We should be on a each watch. Episode? We should be on a watch. Scroll watch? Not a scroll watch, but oh, this is okay. specifically to make Chris happy from last week. <gasps> Maria Hill is not actually dead. Yeah. She and Fury teamed up that. to fake her death. She's going to now work from the inside as Nick Fury's secret partner this whole time. While Nick Fury is distracting the scrolls over here, she's sneaking around back and taking them down from the inside. I wonder if anything like that has ever happened specifically with the exact same characters in Captain America Winter Soldier, (laughs) where they team up and Nick Fury fakes his death. Hmm, I wonder if... Coincidence? That's where we... I know we're ending the pod, but you get into the conversation about uh, telling a story over six episodes that come out every week versus telling a story in a two-hour film. When Nick Fury fakes his death in 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 Civil War, or not Civil War, uh, Winter, Soldier. Uh, Winter Soldier, it's something where okay, we bought a ticket to this movie. It, mm-hmm. They told mm-hmm. me it was going to be a runtime of a hundred and whatever minutes. There's mm-hmm. no way that he's dead in this first act. But as we continue on with this show, and we did not see Maria Hill in Episode Two, who knows? So yeah, it's yeah. just a different way to tell a story, and it keeps you guessing even more. Yeah, definitely makes the fake death more impactful when you have time in between episodes to think about it and to hoopla about it or to listen to the hoopla podcast and think about it. (laughs) But if, I mean, if they wait four episodes and reintroduce the character, there may be a little bit of a backlash. It has to be a well-executed return or it's going to be every article, (laughs) IGN article, Variety article. It's another Marvel death scene gone wrong we need to get a oceans 11 style montage of maria hill being a spy and then planning the whole thing with a yes a voiceover paired with maria hill sneaking in uh i think it might happen but probably not have we ever seen maria hill and uh uh sylvain uh, what's her name Silvana sonia sonia fallsworth in the same room have we ever seen them in the same room i i don't know we have not. Well, we did see the projection of Sonya Fallsworth and Maria Hill in the same room. That's Damn, true. That's true. All right. Yeah, but yeah, one you can theory fake a busted. <laughs> Tune in next week while we bust the rest <laughs> of these <laughs> theories. Uh, so, if you guys have any friends out there who are watching the show and they think Maria Hill's dead, tell them to listen to the Hoopla podcast because we know for a fact that she might be, or maybe not. But either way, <laughs> tell all your friends to listen to it because this is a fun show. We really enjoy talking about it scroll watch we're on scroll watch 24 7 thank you for tuning in to the hoopla podcast here for this episode of hero hoopla we'll be back next week for episode three of secret invasion where maybe maria hill will be there but probably not and now as we end every episode of the hoopla podcast it is time for the moment of highest hoopla the quote of the episode what do you got for us this week andy as nick fury said I'm Nick Fury. Even when I'm out, I'm in. I also want to give a quick eulogy song. Wait, you say it, I'll do it. (laughs) Brogon. Oh. (laughs) Poor Brogon. Oh, 160 degrees Celsius, and that man survived <sighs> just to be taken out by one of his best friends. That's what he gets for Brutal. giving up information. Don't give up information. Your money. Nom, 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 nom.